Yo, what's up? This is Polly Shore, and you are listening to the best podcast in the whole world. PF Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm PF, this is my tape recorder. Coming up, comedian Jeff Tate on going from jokey jokes to being more of a storyteller. I have a very bad memory, so bad, and when I, before I started doing it like this and I would just tell jokes, I would have to have a set list and I would have to memorize 15 or 20 or 25 things to do 10 or 12 minutes. Now I've worked it out to where, you know, I put five things on a set list and that's my, that's my 50 minutes. We'll hear more from Jeff in just a bit. PF does stand up again. Uh Uh-oh. Got a few uh, chuckles. Some steady laughs. Not a lot of guffaws. You'll hear that in a few minutes. But first, as always, fake news. And now, fake news with me. Hillary Clinton won't be on the ballot in 2014, but Republicans are wasting no time in laying the groundwork for a prolonged attack on her and other prominent Democrats with presidential ambitions. With nearly three years to go before Election Day 2016, the Republican National Committee is investing in a campaign to ensure that the reputation of high-profile Democrats are tarnished, a party official bluntly told reporters during a briefing in the group's Capitol Hill headquarters on Wednesday. The second prong in the attack is for high-profile GOP candidates to keep their mouths shut. Publishing giant Sony ATV and Marvin Gaye's estate have reached a settlement in the ongoing lawsuit over Robin Thicke's 2013 smash hit Blurred Lines, according to The Hollywood Reporter. Thicke, as well as the song's co-writers Pharrell Williams and T.I., took preemptive action back in August, seeking declaratory relief that the song was starkly different from Got to Give It Up by Marvin Gaye. To people who don't have ears... First Lady Michelle Obama is turning a film about two inner-city boys left to fend for themselves into a call for the nation to do more to help young people get the support they need to make it to and through college. Former presidential candidate Mitt Romney is spearheading a campaign to encourage young people to borrow $20,000 from their parents to start a small business. Take a risk. Get the education. Borrow money if you have to from your parents. Start a business. We have a new viral verb to add to the list of T-bowing and planking. Please welcome LeBroning to the stage, inspired by Miami Heat star LeBron James. The word is defined as the action of throwing yourself to the floor after a light brush by a player, person, or animal, followed by angry facial expressions claiming that it is not in any way your fault that you are on the ground. In Northeast Ohio, LeBroning previously meant announcing that you were leaving the area and doing it in a way most humiliating to the area. And a Jersey man has gone viral after posting a video on the internet claiming to be comedian Conan O'Brien's illegitimate son. Gregory Keating, who some speculate is from Verona, New Jersey, posted the two-minute video, Conan, Dad, on YouTube. While this video is clearly a tongue-in-cheek move to showcase the O'Brien lookalike's comedic talents, Jay Leno has adopted him. Jenny McCarthy may be happily coupled up with Donnie Wahlberg now, but back in the day she was single and ready to mingle. So ready, in fact, that she tried to get ABC to cast her as The Bachelorette, but to no avail. McCarthy is quite a catch, of course, what with her lack of any discernible talent and her advanced degree from the University of Google. Jimmy La Salvia is a lifelong conservative activist, but on Monday, La Salvia finally threw in the towel and changed his registration to an independent. On his blog, he wrote, So now I feel a huge sense of freedom. I'm an independent conservative. That sounds much better than gay Republican, by the way. And really, the only gay person conservatives really like is Tim Gunn. The USA was slightly warmer and wetter than average in 2013, according to a summary of the nation's weather and climate released last Wednesday by scientists from the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. But global warming is still in doubt, say many people who aren't scientists, because it was really cold for a few days last week. And that's been Fake News with me.
I wrote you one? They pulled it in school. Uh, you know, the AAA says that you should keep your gas tank half full to avoid a fuel line freeze up. But I'm a pessimist, so I keep mine half empty. <laughs> I'm just going to freeze up anyway. You <laughs> some clearance shopping uh, at the holiday. You guys do that? A lot of stores, you know, they slash the prices on a lot of their stuff. And uh, we were out shopping last night. I found this really cool vase and a little tag on it said reduced. So I took it up to the bread store and I said, how big did this used to be? <laughs> so we shrink it down any further, I want to put it on a shelf. <laughs> we had a shorter shopping season, of course, because uh, you know, Thanksgiving came later, so uh, we had a week left of shopping. And uh, I think of the people on edge, uh, particularly me, I was at the post office trying to mail a package to my mom and put the lines out the door. But they've got four people at the counter. They're trying to do the best they can to help people. I get up to the counter, and the clerk says to me, sorry about your weight. And I'm like, well, I put on a few pounds for the holiday. And I, and I, and I, I take it off in January. I need to get snipping. Uh, it's all about the customer service. Uh, you know, I called the uh, help desk for my laptop because it wasn't working properly. And I talked to a lovely gentleman in India named Steve. <laughs> Steve was his real name, and uh, I'm not using Indian accent or anything like that, because I have a problem with Steve. Steve was very helpful, as a matter of fact, solved my problem very quickly. Uh, I do have a problem with a computer company, that they find so xenophobic, I can't handle the fact that my health desk person has a foreign sounding name. And uh, TiVo has a call center in Tennessee, and I'm wondering, if you live in India, and you have a TiVo, and you call Tennessee with a problem, does someone answer the phone and go, yeah, this is Rod G, but is that your name, please? Rod G can handle that, he's talking to Bogart, or whoever it is down there. You know, ten years ago, uh, same-sex marriage wasn't on anybody's gay art. I never understood why people hassle our, our gay friends. Even going all the way back to college, you know, 25 years ago, because it was even an issue. Uh, in our dorm, we had a couple of gay guys living on our floor. We weren't speculating, they were out. It wasn't anything like that. But so these lunches would always hassle them and say, you know, the things like, go out and mail some chicken, followed by a majority of chicken, I'm sure you all know. And this has always seemed counterintuitively because why would you want to introduce more guys into the dating population? I have enough trouble getting a date. <laughs> a buddy of mine, he was uh, really into like, you know, having four days come out for this very reason because even though we were broadcast makers, we understood that. He <laughs> so, wanted all the gays to come out, but I pointed out to him one time, I said, well, look, if, you know, if all the gays come out, you know, gay guys will come out, but then so will gay women, and it's just that they can't pick up that, right? And he explained to me that, yes, but I wouldn't get it this way, that we need more gay guys to come out, which proves the numbers for us trying to date women, and we need more lesbians to come out because it's hot. <laughs> with the bowling green, what are you going to do? <laughs> So, um, it undermines marriage, uh, it's traditional marriage, I guess, is the thing, and I've, I've been married 21 years, I have yet to be undermined. And, uh, uh, my wife and I do fun stuff, went out to dinner last week, uh, went to a little Irish place, uh, they were all listening. And, um, never played a fortune cookie game where you throw up the fortune cookie at the restaurant and you, you say it's in bed after it. Okay, well, I'm not very good at this at all, but last time I did it, the one that fortune I pulled out said, the key to uh, a, a good life is a good night's sleep. Okay, what is that game? Got two 
daughters 16 and 9, and those are their names, 16 and 9. I'm really inclined to switch them. Uh, 16 were friends' houses uh, a couple of weeks ago, and um, the friends' house is the first one in the neighborhood, but the sign for what the name of the neighborhood is is right there in their yard. And I noticed that dad was out front painting the sign. I guess he figured this is incumbent upon him because the sign is in his yard. And I said to 16, I said, do you think he could change the name of the neighborhood if he wants to? And she said, let's do that. Like, that would be fun to so go over there some night and then these people go to bed and whisper in time that they wake up in more than woods. <laughs> Nine, I did some cheerleading back in the fall uh, for Pee Wee football the first year. It was very cute. I had to go to the parent meeting and, uh, and real quick there. And uh, with the parent meeting, and they asked, do you have any questions? They had the practices at this time. They took half hour before the game. Any questions about cheerleading? And I said, yes. When do you teach them to be stuck up and bitchy? <laughs> I don't need to know that. All right, let's have a line on them. Jeff Tate's a comedian from Cincinnati that you've seen on The Late Late Show with Craig Ferguson, live at Gotham on Comedy Central, featuring for fellow comedians Doug Benson and Bill Burr, but mostly headlining clubs across the country himself. Here now is our interview with Jeff Tate. Okay, joining us on PF Tape Reporter, it's Jeff Tate, our old friend from Cincinnati. Jeff, how you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you, man? Pretty good, man. Uh, where are you headed? Bloomington, Indiana. Uh, where in Indiana? Bloomington, Indiana. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The uh, what's the comedy attic? Yes, sir. The comedy attic. There you go. I was, That's... There, I was there on Tuesday. And for New Year's Eve and uh, tonight and tomorrow. Okay, yeah, that's a uh, that's a pretty storied club uh, in the Midwest, along with uh, Acme and Go Bananas. A lot, a lot of good buzz about the about the comedy attic. Yeah, that's quite a reputation in five short years. Yes. So, um, headlining there through the weekend. Yes, sir. Oh, cool. And uh, so, where else have you been touring around this year? I know you've been uh, pretty busy. I've done a few things with uh, Doug Benson. That's really the only. Oh, okay. Person, the only person I've been going going out with. Uh, I've, I've really I've only opened a few things. Uh, I opened for Bill Burr. Stan opened Doug Benson this year. That's it. Oh, those are pretty huge, though. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but you're headlining other places around the Midwest, uh, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Most, most of my work this year, with the exception of just those guys. Yeah. It's all been it's all been headline work. Well, that's cool. And uh, and I know you you still run a, a weekly show at uh, the MOTR in Over the Rhine. It's a monthly. It, we moved it to the last Sunday of the month, so okay. I think it's the twenty sixth. January twenty sixth is my next, my next one. All right. And uh, what happened? Yeah. So for folks uh, not familiar, or folks that maybe you know uh, from out of town are coming in to see that show, um, what what all goes on again? 
What all goes on at your at the MOTR show? And it's you. Isn't there some music involved and things uh, like just, that? Uh, it's just a talk show. It was. It, I used to do it on the last Tuesday of the month, and it was an hour long, and it would just be an interview thing. Where sometimes my sometimes my dad was a guest for some, and then uh, I would have uh, comics and musicians on who were around. But the whole thing, because uh, we're moving to Sunday, the time slot is longer. So the whole thing's being like reformatted. Okay, and uh, we're, we're, we're going to do other things. Okay, and is it recorded for for broadcast on the internet or anything, or for podcasting purposes for folks outside of Cincinnati? No, we have not uh, done that yet. We probably should. It's essentially like a podcast, which is not recorded, like a live okay. podcast. Okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. All right. And uh, which is weird because that's. <laughs> That's how you describe it now, but it used to, it, like, it's like the same way that, like, Charlie Rose is like a podcast, but not, but not my dude. That's true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, five years ago, this was just, it was just a live talk show, and nobody would even consider putting it out on the internet, so that wasn't even a possibility, but... Yeah. Uh, are there plans to do that in yeah. 2014, perhaps? Oh, sure. There's plans for everything. <laughs> So uh, just don't, don't really know how. Yeah. Oh, it's well. We did our first remote uh, this year, oddly, right there in the Go Bananas offices with Gabe Kia. I decided to just drag my stuff over to Montgomery, and we interviewed him, and uh, it went pretty smoothly uh, to the point where uh, I was thinking of maybe doing a, a thing at Go Bananas with some of the local, regional guys. Uh, I guess similar to what you're doing at MOTR, but uh, and it has to do a live version of the tape recorder. Um, and see how that goes. Maybe bring a musical act along. I don't know. Like you said, there's plans for everything, isn't there? Yes, sir. Um, so, uh, what are you talking about these days? I know you, you know your set is usually for folks not familiar. Um, uh, some some a couple of jokey jokes, but it's mostly more uh, stories. Uh, big big chunks of stuff where a lot of laughs come off. Um, is that kind of still what's what's happening? Yes, that is uh, that's still sort of the cornerstone of what I do. And I think I have a, I think I have a few things that are a little shorter, a little more, uh, just like almost strictly observational nowadays. But most of it is the stories. I'm going to um, uh, this next week at Goberana, so I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to record my third album. All right. Cool. That's the that's the big thing I feel. So things are going to be different. I'm gonna I'm trying to get caught up. With the material that I have. My first one came out last April. My next one comes out this April. And then okay. this one will come out, I guess, the April after. Oh, okay, so you're, kind of, this will, you're recording it almost a little over a year in advance. Is that... Yeah, I'm trying to get... Uh, there's about a, It takes about a year from the label I'm on because it's got a small crew. Oh, okay. Large roster. Okay. And it... Do you like once you release a CD? Do you put stuff to bed then and and don't go back to it, or do you still you know do it because it's people like to hear the Domino story or the Star Wars story, or how does that work? Uh, it's kind of all put to bed. Okay. I like to I like to uh, move on and start working on the next one. Okay. So it just depends on when I have, you know. So I'll, I'll record this next week, and if somebody you know if you see me the week after. That might be a few things that it was like. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Okay. As I, as I work my way through this year, I will be. The point is to continue to generate material. That's what I'm good at. Is what I like to do. Yeah. Uh, you were saying last time we spoke to you that you um you had a lot of life experiences, but you kind of the challenge was finding the really good ones that you could turn into a, a nice twenty twenty five minute chunk. Uh, has that gotten easier now that you've done it more and more, or is it still kind of a challenge to figure you know to, to dig back and try to find the funny in certain things? It's still that's still part of the challenge, but it's all I don't really. That was more, I think the last time we spoke, I had ideas about the material, and now I just let the material dictate how it goes and stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, I know you do. I think, does that answer your question? I might not have understood it. <laughs> no, just saying, the, has the process gotten easier? Because, um, you know, you kind of uh, evolved into this uh, kind of storytelling thing where this has really kind of become uh, kind of your calling card. And But you were saying last year it was still kind of difficult to find those really good stories. You only had like three or four of them you thought were really, you know, worthy of that amount of time on stage. Has it been easier now to go back since you've been doing it for so long to, to find those, to identify those things and say, hey, that is actually a pretty funny story. And if I think more and more about it, there's more and more funny to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The process is... The process is easier. It's a, it's a muscle memory or whatever. Like, I sort of focus on this aspect of it for the last five or six years. That's been what, what I've been good at. So it does get, it does get easier. Like, my, my brain kind of naturally goes, works in that direction. Okay, yeah. That's, that was what I was thinking. Okay. And I also know... Did, did things kind of occur to you faster? Because I noticed um, after uh, Funniest Person in Cincinnati, you were the uh, the headline act uh, the night I performed. And uh, so happy to see you. It's always good to see one of the really uh, sharp shooters get up there and really, you know, uh, finish off the room there, as it were. But um, it seemed like a lot of stuff you had. It seemed more like it was talking about current stuff, just kind of like talking about, kind of, you know, nudging some of the other comedians. I, was, I noticed the one thing you had was about... Uh, when the young comics come up there and go, I don't know why bitches don't like me, and just, and it seems like that's kind of more of a recent revelation. Does that kind of stuff just kind of pop into your head and you just try it out in those circumstances? Yeah, yeah. Wednesdays are a different animal. I do a lot of things on Wednesdays that I don't. Any any old idea. Yeah. That I feel like exploring, I will use the Wednesday for, or if I, if I, you know, if I'm ever. Uh, Mayday or anything. Yeah. Doing that show. That's what that's for. And then it, then it, uh, I'll kind of determine then whether or not I, it, it moves to the weekend. Okay. Okay. So depending on the reaction of the crowd? Oh, no. I don't let the crowd tell me what to do anymore. Uh, <laughs> I, it depends on, mostly depends on my reaction to it. Okay. If I. Because uh, once I once I get into it and I start, just kind of digging through it. When, when I'm when I'm on stage, if I enjoy doing that, whatever that idea is or whatever the story is, I will then keep doing it. Okay. So if, it's but if I don't, if I don't, or I feel like there aren't any other. I feel like there aren't any other angles to take, and there isn't really any reason to be doing it. Yeah. Then I, then I just don't. 
Okay. But if it sounds good out loud and you, and you feel comfortable with with the flow that's that's going coming out of you, if you feel that that's uh, that gives it a big boost towards getting it onto the weekend. Yeah. Then, because you can get away, you know, any comic you would have handled a lot more. Yeah, I lost you for a second. Yeah, I know. Uh, that's weird. I mean, driving through Indiana, you think there's no hills, there's no, there's nothing to get in the way. You're going between two major cities. <laughs> yeah, no, there's nothing to get in the way, but there's all the... That being said, there's all the nothing between here and there. Either. Oh, that's true, yeah. So there's probably no reason to put up a cell tower. Who's going to use it? But this is perfect. Whatever whatever connection we have right now, I can hear you so much better. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're coming in loud and clear now uh, on our end, too. Um, so uh, you got kind of cut off before we were, uh, I think we were talking about um, as far as the, you know, finding what's going to go uh, get, get to the weekend. And you said you were feeling, when you were feeling comfortable with the, with the flow of it on stage, sometimes that's enough so that'll make it to the weekend. And you were expanding on that, but it was breaking up. Yeah, yeah, it's just, I have to find it interesting. Not, it doesn't have to be hilarious. As long as it's, if it's interesting, then I move on and figure out how to make it funnier. But if it's not interesting, then there's no reason to tell it. Yeah, there's we, no reason to We also have that kind of advantage. It. You have that advantage, too, that you've also kind of developed this very funny stage persona where, uh, you know, when, when you kind of add that to it, filter it through that, it kind of gives that, that extra push, kind of, you know, that extra that extra boost of comedy, because you think, oh, it's happening to this guy, and that makes it even funnier, because you kind of have that, that bewilderment about you when, when these things are happening. Oh, thanks. Then, that, then yeah, then that's, that's the whole, that's how the whole thing comes together, I guess. Yeah, it's um. I mean, it's uh, from watching you. Like, through the, let's see, it's been gosh, what five, probably five, six years since I was going out to go bananas, and you would be turning up. But yeah, it seems like you've kind of almost effortlessly gone into this persona of uh, you know, this middle-aged guy just trying to find his way in life. I know there are a lot of people like that, but I think you've really kind of hit the button with a little twist of uniqueness on it. There's a very definitely a, a Jeff Tate persona that is unique that kind of stands out. So um, I don't know where I don't really know where it came from. I think it's all it's all pretty real. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the other thing too. I guess just from and maybe that's it too. Just from having interviewed you over the years, I know you know that this it comes from a real place. Obviously, with some of the things that you know you've gone through, moving out to LA, moving back, you know, with uh, the marriage thing and all that stuff. That so there's there's a lot of reality behind it, and uh, you know, and some guys are good at making stuff up. You know, out of the blue, like like Dan Tosh says, he, he he would feel uncomfortable telling his real life story, and other people are like, no, it's got to be from a real place. So I guess it's wherever your head's at, you know. Yeah, I mean that kind of uh, that kind of started a long time ago, also because I have a very I have a very bad memory. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's so bad when I before I started doing it like this, and I would just tell jokes. I would have to have a set list, and I would have to memorize. 15 or 20 or 25 things Yeah, to do 10 or 12 minutes and now I've worked it out to where I my, I have you know I put five things on a set list and that's my that's my 50 minutes and, yeah and worst case scenario if everything falls apart I just have to I don't have to really me- I don't have to 
recite anything. I just kind of retell the story. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, and that, and that that really comes through. Now, you said there are plans for always plans for twenty fourteen. Are there any, any other things in the works apart from the CD and continuing the show at the MOTR? Uh, anything you'd like to do? No, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about moving again this year, but that's my main. Okay. My main focus on this year is to get to get back out to Los Angeles or maybe New York, but do all this well during this year before you know before my next birthday. Okay. Which will be when? What summer? Yeah, okay. August. Okay. And so it, it, those are my plans. Is to keep making the al- keep keep making the album, get the next one out, record the third one. And then write the next one, and and then try to get out to where uh, show business happens. You know exactly. Well, I know you know a lot of uh, guys and gals, uh, you know, in the business in both on both coasts. So, what's going to be the determining factor? Is it just maybe what your interest level is at the summer when you're about to move, or, or if, you know, see if there's things going on that are more to your liking in one versus the other? Because I know they're a little different, comedy scene wise. Uh, as far as you know, what what people are after when they're in in those markets? I, I really have no idea. I haven't really. I've only gone to New York a handful of times, and it was always for something specific. Yeah. It was uh, like I went there when I when I did live at or something. Oh, that's I, right. I did uh, Mike Burbig. I I opened for Burbigly's hour special, and then I worked a weekend at Caroline's with Mike, and that that's it. That's the only time I've ever spent in New York. So I don't really know what it's like there. I do know that it is going to be uh, negative two degrees on Monday. So right yes. now, <laughs> you know, during you know eight, seven, eight months out of the year, it's a pretty healthy debate between the two. And then right now, Los Angeles wins. Yeah, that's what everybody uh, just says. Running away. Yeah. Well, and I guess it always comes down to the thing of like people say if it's New York is more of a, a, a strict stand-up town for is it stand-up first, and there's other entertainment stuff that happens, but Los Angeles is more like if you have interests that that are, that exist outside of stand-up as well, then Los Angeles is probably where you, where you should go. So yeah, there's there's that, and I like doing stand-up more than it's kind of available to do in Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Because there's there's not the uh, there's not the you can do six or seven shows a night like you can in New York. Yeah. But Los Angeles doesn't have. I've noticed every time I go there, it uh, it seems like the reputation for the people putting together those seven minute sets and then just trying to just doing that forever. Right. Yeah, I hear that a lot. Uh, that seems to be gone. Uh, when I go to when I go to LA, I never like I force myself not to ever consider that and just do whatever I wanted. Yeah. You know, I would put it in my head like if I was going on stage at Golden Addicts, like what would I do? And then I would do that wherever I was. Oh yeah. And there seems to be a lot of people at my like at my age group or like my class. Yeah. Or whatever my peer group. Yep. People that I started with in the Midwest, they kind of all went there with that mentality also, where they just don't get caught up in it. Yeah. It's, you don't have to do it like that. You can do stand-up however you want. There's no rules for any of this shit. It's all... 
that's true. Yeah. That's that that's true. You never know what's gonna what's gonna stick. You never know, you know, what's gonna come along. So yeah, it's uh it's it, 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 topsy turvy kind of career. Yeah, so you know, it's too cold for me to make a rational decision about the two right now. So Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, so today it's going to be Los Angeles, and it's going to be tomorrow because I don't want to be here on Monday. <laughs> yeah. But I will be because I'm going to go bananas next week. Yes, you are. All right, man. And, hey, are you going to be uh, around Wednesday because I'm uh, doing Pro-Am? I'll probably be there Wednesday, but I don't think I'm going to go on okay. because of the weekend. That's, oh, that's true. So yeah, if you're there Wednesday, I'll see you Wednesday. All right, cool, man. All right. Well, uh, thanks for taking the time, man. Have uh, fun up there in Bloomington. I will, man. Thank you. I'll see you later. Thanks, Jeff. Bye. Thanks again to Jeff Tate for being on the show. You can find all things Jeff Tate at jefftate.biz. Jeff is one of those G-E-O-F-F kind of Jeffs. So uh, figure that into when you're typing in that into the search bar, jefftate.biz. All right. Uh, we're about out of time here. Remember to like the podcast on Facebook. Follow me on Twitter at PF66. PF Tape Recorder logo designed by Dan Coble. Follow him at Tiger Dactyl on Twitter. And then, of course, uh, Dan and Logan's podcast, Magic Potion, a kind of a techie, uh, you know, but friendly to the everyday person type of podcast, is available in iTunes. Just search for it there, Magic Potion. Uh, let me see. Music composed and performed by John Vropolis and Doug O'Connor with a little help from me. Uh, next week, our guest will be Jimmy Pardo. And other than that, so long and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.